Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's Word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Amen. Our hallelujah belongs to him. Amen. All of our hallelujahs belong to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for your your presence today. We thank you, Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit, we thank you that we can say hallelujah from the depths of our hearts because you've been a good father to us. You've been good to us. We thank you for divine provision, for traveling mercies, for family, for companionship, for life, for good health, for joy. We thank you. We thank you. Receive all our hallelujahs, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, worship team, for leading us beautifully in his presence. Amen. So last month, we were talking a lot about evangelism, the need to reach out. It is a command Jesus gave us, a command to go out there and bear fruit, and to not just bear fruit, but to bear fruit that will abide. Amen. Fruit that won't drop off. And in the season, God gave me a word. I strongly believe it was for myself, but I'll share it with you, and hopefully it will bless somebody too. Amen. So the past week, I've been in some cocoa, I've been on some cocoa farms in Cote d'Ivoire interviewing farmers. And... I'll speak to this farmer who grew up on a farm, was born to, into a family of farmers, and is now 49. And you ask him, what is the greatest lesson in farming he has learned? And he says, so two years ago, uh, some coach a company brought taught them about pruning. Pruning is your biggest lesson after a lifetime of farming. He said, yes. You talk to another farmer, he says, the biggest lesson I've learned is pruning. Like, pruning. Everybody knows about pruning. No? And these are farmers who farmed all their lives. So that forced me to pay particular attention because I thought I knew about pruning. And then the Holy Spirit drew my attention to Jesus' words in John chapter 15. And this morning, I hope that we can break that scripture down into its simplest elements so that the lesson I learned in the field can be applied to all of our lives. Amen. So John chapter 15 begins with these words. I am, it's one of the I ams Jesus declares in the Bible. He says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Amen. So, 
there are two branches on this grapevine. Africa, West Africa, on this cocoa tree, there are two branches. One has fruits on it. One doesn't have any fruit at all. Now, they don't do pruning when a plant is flowering. They don't do pruning in the dry season because in the dry season, leaves fall off by themselves. Every branch looks bare. You can't tell which branch is good and which branch is bad. But in the rainy season, branches will flower and they will fruit. And I remember, so they have a team called the labor gang or the labor team. Because pruning can be risky, there is a team dedicated who move from farm to farm to prune for farmers. And when I was interviewing the head of the team, he said, the most difficult part of our job is that we have to prune in the rainy season. And access to certain farms, <laughs> if you know these terrains, access to certain farms can be so difficult. But that is when we have to prune. So to him, that is the hardest part of his job, accessing farms. But you have this cocoa tree, and you have two branches. When this pruner comes, when Didier comes, he looks at the tree, and they don't waste time. Like, they're they are like 10 men with these saws, and once they enter the farm, they get to work. Every branch that doesn't have a fruit on it, you are done. But they don't just do that. Every big branch that has just one or two fruits on it, if you are not lucky, you go down. So you watch on the ground. And it is not just <laughs> branches, but sometimes you see some massive branch with just one or two cocoa pots. And you ask them why. <laughs> but in fact, the why came from a 39-year-old farmer who was sharing his story. He said in the past, when he entered his cocoa farm, he couldn't tell who was a few meters away because the canopy was so thick that it was always dark in the farm. So he couldn't see through. So with the pruning, he has clarity. He has better visibility. Secondly, a lot of his fruits used to drop. A lot of the pots used to drop before they matured. So when they start flowering, he will see a lot of fruits. But by the time it's harvest, a lot of them aborted. And he said, but for him, the worst part was that there were all these insects that used to be on his farm. And when he came to the farm, they would be stinging him, beating him, harassing You know when they harass you in the ear and all that? And he would leave the farm very frustrated. And without spraying any chemicals, after pruning, all the insects left. A lot of his plants that will get infected, because some of these insects come and inject certain things into your plants, and then you have other, some of the branches will get moldy, all these things. The solution to all his farm problems was pruning. Just pruning. And I was watching these young men prune. You think, and that's how I'd always read the scripture, if it's a bad branch, 
if it's a sick branch, if it's a bad habit, if it's an addiction, if it's a sin, then you prune. But no, they chop off a lot of healthy branches, a lot of beautiful green leaves. Pruning isn't about good and evil. When Jesus was speaking here in John chapter 15, he wasn't talking about secret sins and the sins that so easily beguile us and the need for repentance, no. He was talking about everything that interferes with our fruitfulness. Amen. Amen. Everything that interferes with our fruitfulness that God not gets rid of. So I was standing with Didier and his farm. This, I mean, I was standing there. I could see a cocoa tree with 50 pots on it. 50 more, one tree. And every pot looked healthy. And the sun is shining through, and you can see every part of the farm. And he says, <laughs> in fact, when I asked the, the leader of the coach, what is their other problem, other major problem, apart from access? He said, when they come to prune, a lot of farmers can't stand it. Because, you know, they are beautiful, lush, green trees, and they see these guys emotionlessly going through them with their chainsaws and their, and many of them leave because some actually start crying if they stand there. Their precious trees are being attacked. In fact, in the Ashanti region, and this is a true story, so this female cocoa farmer asked the coach to do the pruning for her. And when she came back, she couldn't recognize her farm. Most of her branches were gone. It looked bare. And she was so upset that she went to summon them. And God said, oh, Miss Samal, she took him to the chief's palace that they have destroyed her farm. So the man went and said to the chief, well, this is our program. To resolve this, she should tell me how many bags of cocoa she gets every season. And the woman said she gets five bags of cocoa. So the man said, okay. So we agree that your expectation for your harvest is five bags of cocoa. She said, yes. She said, okay. I'm paying you for the harvest on your farm. To you, it is the price of five bags. But as I pay you, remember that everything that gets harvested on your farm this year belongs to me. The woman agreed. She probably was expecting three bags, but said, I'll punish this young man. I'll ask for five bags. And then what she noticed, because she was expecting that, you know, the fruits will come, some will drop, some will get diseased, many will be rejected because black pots and all that. Not only were there more fruits, but they all abided. And then, smart woman, she quickly went to the chief to apologize and say that she wants to return the money she took <laughs> because she realized that <laughs> that year, the harvest, <laughs> the harvest. <laughs> you know? So she did that. And of course, the coach is professional. He wasn't doing it to 
So he took his five bags of cocoa money back. And she harvested over ten bags. Pruning. But her heart, when she saw the damage that was being done to her lovely branches. But you see, the purpose of a tree is not so that it will have branches. Or so that it will have beautiful leaves. So, as I was standing in that farm, and God drew my attention to the fact that pruning is not about getting rid of bad things, but good things that drain you. Because you see, the roots must feed the tree. So every branch that is not bearing fruit, it doesn't matter how healthy it is, it doesn't matter how many beautiful, glorious leaves are on it, it is using resources and giving nothing back. So that one there is automatically gone. And then the ones that may have just one or two, you look at how much resource it is draining plus what it is giving you. <laughs> so you do the calculation, you know. I have a job that pays me a thousand Ghana CDs. My transportation to that job per month is three thousand Ghana CDs. <laughs> it's cut it off. You know, what the branch is taking and what it is giving you doesn't add up. It says cut it off. But listen, I work with farmers. The cutting it off is the hardest part. They cry. You see grown men crying that somebody has done with their farm. Many of them will not be there on the day of pruning because they don't want their hearts. I mean, I mean, the guys are merciless, huh? They <laughs> and they are in a hurry. They just go through your farm. They are just going. But the results. So Jesus tells us, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He is the pruner. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce, good, produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Which is really interesting. Jesus is saying, if you are listening today, you have already been pruned and purified. I had read the scripture so many times and didn't understand it. Until the man explained that when you prune, the sun automatically has access into your farm. So the parasites leave, the moles dry up, the insects leave. You become purified. And it says, if you are hearing God's word, you've been pruned and purified. What does that mean? It simply means that every Christian who spends time in God's word actually knows the right thing to do. They know. They know. If somebody else was to come to them for advice, they will know what is scripturally sound to tell the person. <laughs> that is God's graciousness and goodness, isn't it? He doesn't mystify it. We can mystify it. I mean, I can find some Greek words and mystify how God can prune you. <laughs> but Jesus says, no, it's actually very straightforward. He says, you already have been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed or cut from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Amen.
So, why in your life are you spending more energy than being fruitful? What relationships in your life take more out of you than give? As I've gotten older, I've come to realize that many times we mistake, we mistake a lack of purpose for kindness. I'll explain. So years ago, I used to be in a secondary school where they decided that we do a, a marathon, but it's the walking version. So we're not running. I've forgotten what it's called. We're walking from one city to the other, and there were prizes to be won. So this was the purpose, to walk fast and win a prize. On my way, I bumped into Amelia, who was my classmate and my friend, and she was suffering, and she was panting, and it was as if she was going to collapse. So I suggested, why don't you sit here and wait for the ambulance, because we had a few ambulances going around. She said, no, she wants to continue. I said, okay, let me help you. So she put her her arm around my shoulder and I propped her up and basically I was carrying all, all of Emilia's weight on mine so my pace dropped I was moving much much slower and I said we're waiting we'll keep walking like this until an ambulance shows up finally after about 5 to 10 maybe more <laughs> 10 to 20 minutes of walking there was an ambulance so I signaled the ambulance, and the moment it pulled by, Emilia jumped off and started walking at a super fast pace. And by this time, I probably needed the ambulance because I was so tired, <laughs> because I'd been carrying her weight all along. At that time in my life, I was a teenager, and I thought I was being kind to my friend. But there was a purpose. The purpose for me being there that day was that I was supposed to walk and win a prize. Listen, even 50, I didn't get. Number 50. Not first, second, third. 50, 50, I didn't get. Why? Because I'd been walking the walk of two people for a while in that race. Was I kind? Yes, many will interpret what I did for Emilia as kindness. But that was not kindness. That was a lack of purpose. I lacked purpose. For years I blamed Emilia. Hey, women are bad. Hey, that girl. Hey, fear women and grow old. I bought into all those sermons you see on the buses, you know. <laughs> it took a long time for me to admit to myself. Amelia didn't arrest me at gunpoint and force me to carry her. From when I started, I could have changed my mind at any time and said, Amelia, this is how far I can bring you. Ebenezer, this is what the Lord can do. <laughs> Let me continue. I could have pretended I didn't see her when she was there pretending to be struggling. You know, I had to take responsibility for my foolishness. Listen, 
if we allow it, other people will use us to fulfill their dreams at the expense of our own calling. This year, I've been extremely brutal. I get an email. Oh, no, no, we have this uh, competition, and uh, if you can be jury. Nope. Sometimes they're right. Oh, if you can be jury for this, this, this world environment, this, because we know your work on environment, and uh, we have uh, some money we'll pay. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I don't get time. The resources are limited. The resources Christ is making available for my fruitfulness is limited. And I have to focus on purpose. Amen. Family, ministry, work. These three things are my purpose. There are things I got entangled in that sometimes to disentangle is difficult and I gradually will have to find a way to but the speed with which I say no to many things now is much, much much faster why? because the gardener is brutal and the only way he will judge me is by my fruitfulness and my fruitfulness has to be in line with my calling so if you want to organize a musical concert and I come and I help and this because I used to rap in another life I've never rapped in my life it's just an example and I come and I help you da, da, da. and the following day I'm supposed to preach in church and then I come and scratch my head because there is no word I've had a second Emilia experience I know this is not the... Sometimes I wish I could shout like they do in some of these churches and you know, pretend the Holy Spirit is moving in a very special way. But this sermon can change your life. It can change your life. How many times are you nice at the expense of your assignment? In fact, there are people who will take money that is supposed to go towards their own children's education and say, oh, the Lord touched my heart. Are you sure it is the Lord? You are sure it is the Lord? Or you came to church and there was some fantastic sermon. Da, 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 da. So the money you've been saving toward getting a home for your family, you sold it because a preacher prophesied uh, 24 hour miracle. Are you sure it is the Lord? Because many times we do things that affect our fruitfulness. Yes, when God convinces you to give, give, give generously. Give till the heavens clap for you. But be sure it is the Lord. Amen. Too many Christians are spending time, precious time, doing good things, not bad things, good things that are actually a distraction. Leaves are beautiful. Leaves will give you shade. They will give you comfort. They can be food. They can be medicine. But God didn't create a tree just so it will give leaves. Any tree that insists on only giving leaves has no future. <laughs> it is the fruit that comes with the seeds. 
other fruits you are supposed to be yielding that are not happening? Have you sat down to consider the good things in your life, good friends, but anytime you finish talking to them, you need therapy? Good friends, but they are weak. Or they bring these ideas and because you are Mr. Helper or Madam Helper, you're always helping everybody, helping everybody, helping everybody. Hey. You have to change your name to Holy Spirit. And then what actually is your assignment? That which God will judge you by. I mean, if, that is, if helping is your assignment, that's fine. For some people, that is your assignment. That is fine. But what is your assignment? What fruitfulness is the gardener expecting from you? For some, it's mangoes. <laughs> For some, it's apples. For some, it is peanuts. And their fruitfulness will be hidden in the ground until you dig it up. But they've been fruitful in the ground. For some, it's up the tree and everybody sees it. As long as you have been fruitful, where God has planted you and in the assignment he's given you is beautiful. But this morning my core message there are things we need to lose. There are branches we need to cut off. There are leaves we have to get rid of. They are not always going to be bad leaves. They are not always going to be sinful habits. They are not always going to be sin or bad. No. There are many, many good things and good people you may have to cut off if you want to be fruitful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We thank you for this word. Your word says that when we listen to you, because we listen to you, we've already been pruned and purified. We thank you for this gift. May we be hearers and doers of your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.